Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm going to share something with you That might put me in a very negative light, yeah. Relationships are not my forte. You see if someone grabbed up my wife and saying, completely different ballgame. I'll walk away from it and this has been like a therapy session. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. This morning I'm joined by 258 Will Harvey. Uh, Will, I know you're suffering a little bit with a, a flu or a bug so uh, yeah thanks for doing this um yeah busy times for 258 Derek Chisora secures a world title shot um I didn't think I'd be saying that at the end of this year so just talk to me about this opportunity for Dell. yeah mate d- delighted delighted to be able to deliver it for Dell. like uh obviously there was there was conversations about it um a few, like you know it was on the table a few weeks ago or even even like a month ago or so um, and we thought that obviously given like, you know, the apparent interest on their side in, in, in the AJ fight that they, this opportunity would then obviously move on for Dell, but um, it came back around. So um, it's, it's a fight that I've obviously been pushing publicly for, 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 for a while for me, for, for obvious reasons, but I do truly believe, I know people have their own opinions on it, but I do truly believe that it's, it's particularly for Fury is the biggest, is the biggest and best fight out there for him in terms of the available options. So I actually think given the landscape, it's the right fight for him. And obviously for Dell, delighted at this stage of his career to, to be able to get, you know, what's probably the biggest fight of his career, will be the biggest fight of his career over the line. So um, yeah, mate, buzzing for him. Really, 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 really delighted. He's going to get a stadium show. Uh, it will be a sellout, I'm sure. So um, really excited. Well, of course, um, 258 Fighters um, for a long time have worked with Matram. Um, recently, you've done uh, a lot of deals with Boxer as well on Sky Sports. I believe this is the first time a 258 fighter is fighting on a Frank Warren show. Is that correct? That is correct, yeah. Okay, yeah. so how's that process been? Um, it was, it's was. it been fine. Do you know what I mean? Like, we, you know, there can be no complaints uh, really from our side. Um, we dealt with George uh, for the majority of it. Um, Fred and I were, were, were handling those conversations. And as I just said to you, I was in, I was away in New York last week. So Fred kind of, um, wrapped everything up in the, in the last week or so, but we, we dealt with George mainly on, on the majority of the conversations and, um, very, you know, I, I can't have too many complaints, mate, very straightforward, very professional as, as we would expect. So, um, I am sure, and I hope and expect that there'll be many more times that we, we work together in the future. Okay. So that's a really good positive uh, move for yourself um 
now you've got sort of you can work with anyone but there's mm. three major promoters in this country and you've got avenues to all yeah 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 exactly like that's something we feel very strongly about you know um there may have been in the past obviously given our you know AJ was our, is our biggest our first and biggest client and he's obviously worked closely with matching for a number of years so maybe in the past there's there's been a thought in the industry that we're kind of like a one-trick pony in that sense but we we are we care a lot and we've you know put real emphasis on the fact that we work and are willing to work with anybody whichever the right place or the right deal is for our fighters regardless of of, of who the promoter is or or any kind of previous history that we've got with them um we're, we're ready and willing to work with anybody and you know that goes the same with the american process we've done work with golden boy before um i'm sure with top ranking maybe in the future we'll, we'll do work so we're, we're ready and willing to to work with anybody and i think we were showing that at the moment which um which like i said we care we care a lot about all right good stuff obviously it's the promoter's uh responsibility to sell the show and we heard um a couple of days ago at the press conference the justifications to why Derek Chisora, Chisora um, is mm. the best viable, viable opponent for Tyson Fury um, mm. from Queensbury's perspective. So you've got a, a slightly different role. Your job is to secure the best opportunity for Derek Chisora in that sense. Uh, you've done an amazing job. Um, I'm sure he's getting paid very well and he's got a world title shot um, mm. against one of the biggest stars in the sport. However, people would say <clears throat> managers also have a duty of care to their fighters. So mm. for those people saying Del Boy shouldn't carry on fighting, especially in this fight, um, mm. where they have health concerns for him. What would your response be um, to people saying that? I, I I understand it. I understand it. And you're right, we do have, we, we, there is a duty of care. Um, and there can always be, but but you'll know this, Umar, that, that you can only give your professional advice. You can you you cannot force a fighter to, to do one thing or the other. Fundamentally, it's going to come down to the fighter. You can say what you want to them about taking a fight, about not taking a fight, about retiring, about not retiring. You can only give advice so far. Fundamentally, the fighter is going to make that decision. And if we were to say to Derek hypothetically, "Oh, we don't want you to take the Fury fight. Uh, we don't think it's the right one for you," he would just you know he would could quite easily say, "Okay, thanks very much. See you later." Just picking this back up with Will Harvey. So, yeah, you would have seen the, the first cut of the video where you were just talking about um, Derek potentially just saying, see you later, um, mm. if you sort of refused him to fight Tyson Fury. And the video, the, the Wi-Fi just cut out there. So as soon as yeah. he said, see you later. So, yeah, just to touch on that again, please, Will. Yeah, so, so you, uh, the point being, we can only give professional advice and an experienced advice on on the decision that the fighter should make fundamentally as you know umar it, it comes down to the fighter they are the only ones that that really can make the final call on their decision and that goes for anything in terms of you know which promoters they sign with which fights they do and don't take uh whether they retire or don't retire like you know we are we are not entitled to be telling a, like to, to force a fighter to retire if they don't want to retire mm -hmm. as i said you can always give advice but fundamentally the final call rests in the hand of the fighters and they're entitled to that because it's their career. So um, yeah, I understand what people are saying, but fundamentally it's a decision for Derek. If he, if he really wants to, 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 to take a fight and he wants to continue his boxing career, then that's his decision. And we will be there for as long as he needs us to be there to facilitate anything that he needs and maximize every opportunity that comes to him. 
that's our job you know like i said we would always give advice we we work we've known even before we've managed dell obviously he's got a long french standing friendship with aj we've known him for many many years we obviously care about him massively um so we want to be there in anything that he does boxing related and after to make sure that that it's maximized for him but as i said fundamentally that the final decision has to rest with him on these things okay well i know previously uh this summer, actually, there were talks and rumours about Fury and Chisora doing a trilogy. Um, that mm. never materialised, but it has happened a few months later. So can you just give a, a bit of an insight into why the deal never got done a few months ago, but it's happened now? Yeah, well, like like I said, this this was um, this was back. So I remember we first started having these conversations, uh, initial loose conversations. We were in Bournemouth. Uh, for Whitaker and Fraser's uh, fights down there. That's when we, we first started having conversations with Fury's side. Um, so it's, look, I mean, Fury has always said that he's going to give Dell a trilogy yeah. and, um, you know, and he, and he's, he's clearly a man of his word. So I've, you know, I've always thought in the back of my mind that it is, it would happen at, at some point. Um, but yeah, we started having those conversations and this is obviously pre the AJ uh, fight. Um and then I think obviously, I think probably things changed with the AJ result because then Fury had probably had his sights set on fighting Usyk in the immediate after that was possible. And then he obviously called out uh, AJ. So I think Dell obviously went down the pecking order then. But then when various opportunities fell through, like I said to you, like it, it became apparent a few weeks ago, three weeks ago or four weeks ago, however long it was, that in my opinion, and I think in their opinion, Dell was the only really feasible opponent that that actually was going to sell like Manuel Chard is not a fight that sells like and you know again people can say what they want about Derek but this fight will sell mate like this like these two know each other very very well there's actually a lot of respect there but they're both they've got huge charisma they're both fantastic characters and it's like it, it could be the most like violent pantomime you've ever seen in your life like I really am excited about the build-up and even the fight itself like it's going to be so entertaining. So people can say what they want about, about the opponent or the level of opponent for Fury. But in my opinion, this is the biggest and best fight for both fighters out there at the moment. Obviously, certainly for Dell, but for Fury particularly, I can't see a fight and an opponent available at the moment that that will do bigger numbers than, than Derek Chisora. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to get it over the line. And, and I think that is the main reason why it came back on the table because you know he's the most appropriate option at this moment in time. Well, uh, Dell was certainly much more calmer and, and chilled out than I've seen at times mm. at the, the launch press conference. I'm sure we might see a different Derek Chisora on fight week, but he kept referring to this gag that mm. we have on him in this contract. So can you yeah. make any comment on that, please? Um, I, I'm not not really, no. I can't really divulge certain information. Um, I mean, look, Fundamentally, sometimes you're in a position in, in a negotiation where you don't have a huge amount of leverage on certain things and, and Fury and, and Queensbury have the right to, to demand certain things um, in the contract as part of the conditions for, for fighting Tyson. Um, you know, like, yeah, I can't say too much. I mean, Dell isn't isn't gagged, but, but you know... Um, <laughs> Maybe there are things that he'd like to say that he that, that he can't. But um, is it a pretty standard clause you'd say on him or not? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, 
Okay. Yeah, I would say so. Like you know, in in like again, without divulging too much information, there are always clauses in contracts about you know things that you can't like things that you can and can't say, and things that may or may not bring bring people into disrepute, etc. Mm -hmm. So you know that that it's it's not unheard of and it's not unseen for 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 you know for certain clauses to, to be put in there because people have to conduct themselves in a professional way. Do you know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I can't really go into too much more detail for, on it, but um I thought it was certainly for certainly fun to to watch to watch Dell um bring it up. And he still he still even had a go at Frank. He managed to find a way of having a go at Frank anyway, which I thought was quite funny. So but again, I don't and then Tyson kind of made a good point. Like that's I, I in my opinion, that's the stuff that sells. That's what builds the fight, you know, that's what creates engagement from the fans. So I think it's only a positive thing, really. And it's all a bit tongue-in-cheek anyway, do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Tyson uh, did say sort of Frank v. Derek at this press conference, not me yeah. <laughs> Derek. But yeah, you're right. That that sort of stuff does sell. That's what everyone was talking about uh, straight after. Uh, Will, yeah. I asked um, Frank on the day, how comes you guys have reached a deal with Derek Chisora to fight Tyson mm. when he's managed by 258 mm. and you couldn't with Anthony Joshua, who of course is Mr. 258. So his direct response was, go and ask 258. <laughs> So mm. can you make any comment as to why Nego I know Freddie deals more with Anthony's yeah. stuff and he yeah. would have been involved with that with George Warren, but how did they reach a, a deal for a Fury and Chisora, 258 fight with Derek Chisora, but not yeah. with Anthony Joshua? And why did that collapse? Because they Tyson and Frank are adamant it was Joshua's team's fault, either 258 or Matram. Mm. Well, one thing I will say is that I'm always conscious of... of giving these these like fury joshua talks too much airtime because one thing i'm really conscious of and i'm like i understand from the fans perspective just how tedious it must be now for, for maybe the third or fourth time to hear the back and forth as to why this fight didn't happen mm. like at this point people are just like just fucking come tell us when the fight's happening but we're bored of hearing all the bullshit um which i completely understand and i have to really i can only really apologize for that but but all I can say on the matter from our side is that the reason that the, the for, in, in my opinion, the reason that the AJ um, talks broke down was because it became like, and, and bear in mind, negotiating, unfortunately, and I know people hate to hear about the, the business and the politics side of boxing. Unfortunately, negotiating a fight between Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury is a far more complex negotiation for a number of different reasons than a potentially a fight between Derek Chisora and Tyson Fury. But that aside, it became clear to us pretty quickly that it was going to be almost impossible to work to the deadlines that Fury was impo imposing upon us to get this fight over the line for AJ. Um, and the only thing that I can say is that the time that we were given to negotiate the fight with Derek and Fury was so much longer than the time we were given to negotiate the fight with AJ and Fury, we've we've like you know we've been negotiating this fight with 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 Dell uh, for Dell uh, for Fury for 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 a month or so, but with with AJ we had it was it was maybe two weeks. I'm not sure of the exact time frames, but but basically from where I'm sat, what I can see is that we you know there was probably half the time given to us to make the AJ Fury fight than there was to make the the Chisora Fury fight. Now, why that is, 
you have to ask Tyson, you have to ask Queensbury. I don't know why they gave us such a shorter period of time to negotiate the AJ fight when quite clearly you are going to need longer, if anything, you know, had, had we not had the deadlines and we were able to, 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 to be given up until the announcement yesterday to get the AJ fight over the line, we might have it over the line by now, but we were working to such tight deadlines for whatever reason that it became almost impossible for us to make it. And then eventually when Fury's coming out every day on social media, calling AJ a dosser, giving him these artificial deadlines, like slating him on social media, eventually AJ just says, look, I'm not going to fucking dance to these bullshit deadlines that you're setting upon me. Like either you want to get the fight made or you don't. And let's give it, give us ample time to actually get it over the line. And then we can announce it and we can crack on. But that opportunity wasn't given to us. So, I mean, that's all I can say. But from our side, the AJ fight fell through, but like we're not difficult people to work with. If we, if we, we you know, if everyone wants to get a fight made, we'll get it made, and uh, and we got the Derek fight made in in you know in in a reasonable amount of time. Okay. Had we been given the same amount of time for, for for AJ, then we might be in a different position now. What did you make of George's comments? This was a while back now, but on Talk Sport, where he said he was trying to ring Eddie, I believe, on the Thursday of of the week that talks broke down and he wasn't mm. getting back to calls, emails and texts. Did, did 258, have, anyone from 258 have a conversation with anyone from Matt? Um, I I mean, it's all kind of he said, she said, isn't it? I don't, I mean, I, the answer, answer is I don't know. Like, I, I think Fre Freddie was speaking to George for sure. Um, but, you know, they were trying to call him on the Thursdays and answer, like, you know, call him on the Friday, call him on the Saturday. We still had, we've just seen, like we've only announced, Fury, they've only announced Fury's fight yesterday you know, or the day before yesterday, whenever it was. So, all right, you couldn't get hold of him on the Thursday. Try the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, we still had plenty of time. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. And, and and to be fair to Queensbury, again, I they, as far as I'm aware, they were pushing for Tyson to give a bit more time. It was very much Tyson that was drawing the line in the sand here. George was really, we, we kept on hearing from George that he was trying to speak to Tyson to get him to agree to give the process a bit more time. So I don't think it's Queensbury that are really causing the problems here. I think it was it was very much a deadline that Tyson himself was setting. Now, why he set that, I don't know. Like, you have to ask Tyson that. But again, it was just, it, it was unreasonable and it was never going to be achievable uh, from our side of things. So it was frustrating for us. It was frustrating for Queensbury. Everyone wasted a lot of time and money on it. Um, but like I said, it just, it was, it became apparent that it was just going to be really, really hard to meet these, these deadlines from Tyson. Okay, listen, just before we go, quickly get an update on uh, Joshua Boazzi, please. We all know he was looking yep. to box uh, Jean-Pascal, but he went to <coughs> um, Vada testing, so that collapsed. You guys pulled Joshua yep. Boazzi out of that. So what's next for JB, do you know? Uh, yes, yeah, so we're, we're just working through that now at the moment. Basically, the, the plan for Josh, Nick, like, it was very frustrating that the Bivol situation didn't come off, but like, we respect the WBA's decision and uh, and that's fine. The Pascal fight was 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 I think the perfect fight for Josh in terms of Virgil's always said that he's one he's in an ideal world. Josh would have one more fight before stepping up in, in into a world title shot. And and for me, that Pascal fight was the perfect fight for him. Um but it, you know, we, we don't want to go over old ground, but we made it very clear what we wanted in the contract, confirmed and secured. Um, and it wasn't given to us. We were asked to essentially rely on a handshake, which we weren't willing to do. Um, so that was it was very frustrating that fell through. But now the plan for Josh is very much just to position him into uh, an eliminator, ideally a final eliminator, 
to get that last fight in before he can step up into it into a world title shot now when i say world title shot you know there's there's mandatory getting called left right and center for all of the belts at the moment so there's definitely going to be a lot of jostling over the next year and a bit to actually get these shots but if it's not a world title shot then then josh just wants to be in in a big fight against a big name and i think any one of these domestic names is 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 it going to be a great fight for him Callum smith is not it's not going to it doesn't work yet to have that fight because he's got his own route that he's going down but I'd love to see him in there against Yard. Do you know what I mean? Dan Aziz. Like, I think these fights are all like really because I think we saw it with we saw it with the Richards fight. These these domestic light heavyweights, they're all they're all killers and they can all sell a show. They're all they're fan-friendly fighters. Like that that Richards fight was was one of the best fights that I've seen. Certainly, I think it's Josh's best fight and from an entertainment perspective. Um so like if if it's not going to be a final eliminator, we want a big domestic showdown against a big domestic name. Josh just wants to be in big fights, big entertaining fights that that, that please the fans. Um, and we need to get him, he needs to be as active as possible. You know, I think, you know, potentially he, he gets out once more this year, but but looking ahead to next year, he needs to fight three times, in my opinion. Momentum's always been a bit of a problem with Josh. Um, and we've always been kind of chasing, getting him out more and more regularly. So, so next year, definitely, I'd like to see him fight three times. And, and as I said, get him into a final eliminator to, to, to position him for a world title shot in the future or just get him a big domestic name. Yeah, there's loads of domestic names, big fights. You can put any of them together and, and it's a big fight. But the one that people who are, who are going to be watching now that really gets them going is, of course, Yard, Boatsy, Boatsy, Yard, however you want to put it. Mm-hmm. We know he's going to have a world title fight in January, Anthony mm-hmm. Yard. Um, obviously, massive underdog going in against uh, a killer in, in Arthur better yeah. be win or lose for Anthony Yard of course he wins and then a first title defence against Boatsy is a dream yeah. if he loses that fight would you still be open to making Boatsy Yard next year 100% 100% because like I said with these with these domestic fighters they the fights sell themselves like if, if Yard comes off a loss against Baturbiev there's no particularly if he gives a good account of himself there's no shame in that his stock's not going to fall really it didn't fall after the Kovalev defeat to be honest if anything people could say that it that it rose after that fight um so I don't think win or lose against Baturbiev obviously if he wins fantastic the fight is a super fight but if he loses I don't think that fight against Boatsy gets any smaller and it's probably the perfect fight for for Yard to come to come back off you know it gets him straight back into a big money fight a high-profile fight, they'd sell out the O2 in a heartbeat. Like, you know, you let Yard go and do his thing against Baturbiev, and regardless of the result, like, I think we can make that fight with Boatsy towards the back end of next year, a million percent. It's always, that's always going to be a big fight. And Josh is desperate for that fight. It's all he's talking about. So um, I would love to see that happen next year. And and look, I mean, I don't want to speak too soon, Umar, but like, it looks like Matchroom and Queensbury are starting to actually work together now quite regularly. Yeah. We've just done great work with Queensbury. Like we're all kind of friends now, you know, so I don't really see like why that fight can't, can't happen next year. Um, so yeah, that, that would be massive. And that's very much what Josh wants. Definitely. Well, on that positive note, we'll end there. We'll appreciate um, like you've been as honest as you can about the stuff mm-hmm. I've asked you. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you very much for your time. And uh, I'm sure we'll speak soon. All right. Definitely. Sounds good, Umar. Thank you, mate.
But I'm going to share something with you. That might put me in a very negative light, yeah. Relationships are not my forte. You see if someone grabbed up my wife and saying, completely different ball game. I'll walk away from here and this has been like a therapy session. Podcast Network.